Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You know, Aeneas Hawkins here. You remember, you'd run out of the tunnel and like, here come the Nittany Lions. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> How you doing? Doing well, man. Doing right. well. Staying busy. Oh, I know you're staying busy. Uh by weeks, uh, especially five weeks in, everybody's bumped and bruised. Everybody. Practice players are. Players are. So what does a bye week do for at least the healing process while still trying to stay sharp football-wise? Yeah, well, if you're if you're lucky enough to be one of the guys that's playing enough to, to be beat up and bruised, uh, it's obviously a great opportunity to get healthy. Uh, that's number one. That's the most important thing that you get out of a bye week. But aside from that, you know, some people kind of misinterpret it as a week off. It really isn't that. Um, and Mr. Jones is laughing because he knows the deal. Um, you know, it's really just another week of preparation. And the only difference is, you know, from Friday to Saturday, there are no football responsibilities. So that little day and a half, two days that you get, uh, you know, physical physical recovery is important too, but it also gives you a second to kind of separate yourself from the game and get around family, get home, uh, which is important for keeping a team locked in for a whole year. When you were playing, did you watch a lot of football on TV? I watched no football on TV. I mean, almost right. none. You don't get to watch very much college right. football. Right. And then Sundays you're in the facility, you know, watching film from the game before uh, that same day. Right. So See, I think everybody thinks like to play. It's an off week. I'm going to watch all these games. Like, I'm not going to watch any games. No. I'm going to go. No. I'm going to have a life. Yeah. No, they, the last thing you want to do on your bye week is watch more football. I'll tell you what, that's a promise. <laughs> because... That's all you're doing is watching football. That's it. I actually was just telling my family that this is the first time I've turned on football games and like been excited to watch because I'm not in it anymore. I'm not, you know, it's like having your favorite meal 17 times a week. You know, it gets old quick. Um, go ahead. Do you watch games because of all the film you've watched? You now, film's an old phrase, but okay. All the video that you had to watch of practice, of the opponent, whatever. Do you watch games differently now? I watch games like I watch film now. Um, you know, you spend so long studying tendencies, looking at schemes. Uh, for me, like, I, I love watching different defenses across the country and across levels because there are certain parallels that you get with all of them, but then there are certain things that you see that you hadn't seen before. I just texted P.J. Mustford. The Chiefs played last week on Sunday night, and I saw him run a stunt and run a corner blitz on the same side, and I texted him, like, hey, this is, this is cool. Like, but that's how football players are watching, watching games. Have you watched in much of Michigan yet? Yeah, uh, I've, watched, I've watched a few of their games. Uh, their D-line stands out immediately to me. What's interesting about that, they're, they've started a game this year where they started with five DBs. But then this week, they started in an old-fashioned Oklahoma 52 defense. Yep. And the Okie defense. Yeah. Right? Because they put Harrell up on the line of scrimmage. So what did you think of the of the 5-2 Okie look? Yeah. I, I, I hate to say I'm a fan of anything that Michigan does, but I love a 5-2 Okie. <laughs> I love seeing it. You don't see it as much anymore. Um but it comes back to the idea of giving teams as much as possible to deal with on film because it gives them more they have to prepare for. And, you know, in some ways you don't know what to expect when you walk in on Saturday. Why do you like the 5-2 Okie? Uh, I think you can just kind of dial up some unique pressures out of it. Uh, it's not something that O-lines are seeing a lot of during the season. So, you know, anytime you can give them a look that they haven't seen a whole lot of, 
is going to cause problems just because there's so many so many calls that an offensive line has to make to protect right. efficiently, uh, and that's really the biggest thing to me. Because I remember when the back back in the days, you ask your father about this. <laughs> the Patriots, when Chuck Fairbanks came in from Oklahoma, he put in essentially an Oki yep. with the Patriots, but it was called a three four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think those two linebackers are? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Where do you think Lawrence Taylor played? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> about when it comes down to that. What have you thought about the different looks Manny has dialed up defensively for Penn State? Yeah, I, I think they cause a lot of problems for opposing offenses. Um, and I've said this before. I think, you know, just in comparing Coach Pry's defense and Diaz's defense, you know, both of them have had success. Uh, and both of them were, were great defensive coordinators. But Diaz has a little bit more aggression in him, and he's giving a lot of different looks for what those pressures may be. And again, it makes it so hard for an offense to prepare and to know what they're going to get on third and longs, and that's half the battle a lot of times. And everybody, when it comes time to comparing one guy to another, I always caution everybody, Brent dialed up defenses that matched his personnel. Absolutely. Manny is dialing up defenses that matches his current yep. personnel. That's what, you know, And that's what the really good ones do. That's why Brent was really good. And that's why Manny is really good. And there is a difference in the personnel just in last year to this year. Um, I think if Coach Pryor were here this year, he'd probably be dialing up more pressures than he would have in the past because he has the horses to do it, Uh, especially when you talk about the secondary who can go man up a lot of times and win their one-on-ones. I was listening before James came on to Sirius, and they had a Michigan guy on who covers covers them for, I don't know what – some some online whatever they do a podcast who cares and he's talking about the Penn State secondary says so I mean all the yards they've given up and so forth have you watched the tape yeah. I sat there like I almost pulled over the side of the road I wanted to call I said have you watched any tape you can tell you can tell when guys aren't watching films they'll say things like that <laughs> he's like I mean look at the stats don't look at the stat sheet watch the game no doubt, no doubt. I couldn't believe it it's ridiculous I could not believe it. Because I think I feel like they've been the strength of this thing, uh, you know, in terms of like how they play. Everybody, everything sets up everything else. That's why I look at the last three games. You look at PJ the last three games. Yep. What you know, he may not be the same guy as maybe before, but the last three games he sure does look like it. He's making huge strides every week. You know, I first kind of called it out in that Auburn game where I saw flashes where he looked special yeah. again. But now that Northwestern game, the goal line stand, the way he was playing in the run, if they can continue to let him progress like that, if he continues to take those strides, I don't see why he can't get back to where he was. Because to be honest, just watching the film, he's not as far off as people think he is. Right. Um, and he's right there. And again, we're playing Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State. We're going down the pipe here, and it's going to be huge to have that guy back in the middle playing high-level football. When you watch the Penn State running game, what a, you know, everyone's – justifiably talks about the offensive line and the tight ends yep. and what they mean, you know, especially what Strange has done. But what can the quickness of a running back mean to an offensive line, especially from a defensive player's point of view? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Just as a defensive lineman, um, you know, it gives you – it kind of puts you in a cage in a little bit, in a little, in a, in a little small kind of way because realistically, if you're not in your gaps, if you're not being sound in everything that you do, you get a Nick Singleton back there – if he sees it, he can cut back immediately and go make those plays. And every running back can't do that. Um, and there's only a small percentage of them who are capable of doing it. But when you have a guy like that, even if the offensive line is not protecting or is not run blocking as well as they should, there's still opportunity to go hit your head off the goalpost. Um, because, again, in the, at the college level, 
every single play, the defensive line is not going to be where they need to be. There's going to be a guy out of a gap, and those guys who are special enough to find it can go uh, go make big plays happen because of it. Right, and we've seen both of them, he yep. and Allen, do Absolutely. that uh, for Penn State to this point. Uh, we talk about uh, situational football. I can only think of one time, and it was that pass down the sideline, that Northwestern had. Yep. That's the only time I could think all season where somebody got behind the secondary. Yeah. So discuss the mentality of a defense understanding down in distance yeah. in situational football. Yeah, I mean, it changes It changes how you play snap to snap. You know, Coach Pry used to preach. I know Diaz is preaching a lot. Franklin, you know, he's a big situation guy. Every play, you're looking at the sticks, you're looking at the time on the clock, you're looking at where you're at on the field because all of those things dictate how you play. And just from a defensive line perspective, the way I get in my stance, the way people pass rush or decide to play the run pre-snap changes based on those situations. It's no different in the secondary. Uh, the thing that I've liked seeing is the way they've played aggressively in short yard situations, coming up, playing press, man, and not really allowing receivers space to operate and to set their routes up. And in a lot of ways, that sets up the defensive line to go pass rush when it turns into passing those third and shorts. Because again, the secondary is playing so aggressive that the D line has an extended opportunity to get home. I think we've seen some of them, uh, those situations where they've been able to play off of each other and find success. Jack Ham often talks about on the broadcast the ability to read your keys. Yep. Now, back in the day, obviously, you know, a fullback would be somebody that you know Jack could read, you know, because they'll take you where where the ball's going to go. Yep. Can you sometimes just on tape pick out tells of offensive linemen yep. as to whether they're going to pass block or run block? Absolutely, and it's the first thing the guys look for when they cut on film on Monday for the opponent the next week. They're looking for pass sets. They're looking for maybe if a guy's light on his hands or maybe he goes heavy. Uh, there are certain guys who get into their stance a certain way, and that's going to be sometimes even a 100% indicator of run or pass. Then you have things like where the Y lines up, the tight end, mm-hmm. and his alignment based on that tackle, especially when he's off of the line of scrimmage. A lot of times his alignment will tell you if you're getting split flow zone or maybe you're getting something outside or even those cram zones, those are all the things that defenses specifically are looking at as indicators for what they may get. Because what I'll do in the broadcast booth, I'll look at a stance. Yep. Because, I mean, that's the part I can see. Yep. I'll look at a stance. How far back is somebody's foot? Yep. That tells me they're going to pass block. The other thing I look for is what's the combination of receivers out there? Yep. They'll run three receivers out there. And I've said in the is it well they're running the ball here yep and it's it's funny because like once you're in it you know people always i'm sure the fans see on the tv they see the the cards that list personnel and they see the other cars with these funky looking cartoons and colors <laughs> but all of it okay those those coaches are up in the box they're looking at personnel and down and distance and who's on the field and where yeah. and that's what those cards are telling the defense yeah. because it indicates so much to them right exactly because they, i mean they'll run out a three wide set i'll say to my, i'll think to myself They've combined for three catches all season. They aren't throwing the ball here. Because no. <laughs> yes, those catches were all in garbage no time doubt. in the fourth quarter. No They're doubt. just out there to just take up space. Yep. Right? And that, that, you know, but in the other part about looking at stances, how do you view this week's game? Uh, I think it's a, a good opportunity. I, I'm excited because I think Penn State has the horses to go in there and get it done. Uh, and I think the keys to victory are keys that Penn State can execute upon. Um, you know, stopping the run is something that I feel confident that Penn State's defense can do. And I think if they do that, Michigan's offense is going to have a hard time putting points on the board. Then I look at, you know, how is the Penn State O line going to hold up against what I think is a Michigan D line that's impressive? And again, 
I look at the horses and I look at the body of work, especially in that Auburn game, and I think they can get that job done. Um, and then, obviously, the biggest thing to me is you're going on the road into a tough environment, and Penn State has benefited now from going to Purdue and going to Auburn. This isn't a team that's timid uh, in away games, and I think that they're going to capitalize this weekend. Brilliant as always, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Mr. Jones. Appreciate you.